welcome to Why Cartwright Episode 2. This is a podcast where we get to talk about all things education. Uh, I am one of your hosts, uh, Public Relations Manager at the Cartwright School District, Brock Higley, and alongside Superintendent of the Cartwright School District, Dr. Leanne Aguilar-Waller. Good morning. It's glad to be here today. Morning, morning. So today's focus, um, we kind of want to look at yesterday, actually, um, we, so February 24th, we had a, a kindergarten enrollment event at all of our schools. And we, um, I was at two of the schools. So I was at Peralta and Palm Lane and it was, there was a good trickle of parents and uh, future Cartwright scholars, hopefully. <laughs> um, and so it was good to see uh, specifically at Palm Lane, they had the library at least at like five, 5.15, 5.30 when I was there, completely full. So that was a really good sign. Um, obviously, we always want as many kids as possible. Um, but for the time being, I think we're happy from what we got yesterday. Um, I don't know if you've heard anything else. Yes, or I, uh, I heard great um, news about our kindergarten registration. I'd like to thank our public relations department and all of the school principals and teachers and staff um, who made it possible. Uh, we wanted to make the absolute best welcome to Cartwright event happen, kickoff. As you know, we constantly, um, you know, register. It doesn't have to be last night. It's ongoing. But we felt that uh, this event was so important that we really wanted everybody at the same time um, bringing in our amazing families and future kindergarten scholars, as you say. Uh, to hear that we had a full house is great news, especially as my hopes were winding down um, this pandemic and we're hoping that next year is gonna be all things uh, Cartwright and everything open and just continuing to do all the great things that we're doing. So yes, I heard wonderful things. That's great. Um, so I actually have a brief little soundbite for you from one of our uh, current Cartwright parents, but she'll also be, I guess, a future parent of a kindergartner. Um, and uh, the, the soundbite is in Spanish. So for our English speakers, I will be translating after the bite is played. So no worries there if you don't understand it. <laughs> but uh, here it is. Y pues me gustó mucho porque puedes uh, tomar mucha información de lo que necesitas para los niños, para que se registren para el, para el kinder. Um, solo tengo que traer la cartilla de vacunas, es todo lo que necesito traer. Okay, so what she talks about there is she thought that the event was uh, very successful and she thought it was great because she was able to get a lot of information about kindergarten and many of her questions were answered. Um, she also goes on to talk about this isn't within the soundbite, but she talks about how she currently has a student at Tomahawk, one of our schools, and um, just loves it, loves the community aspect of the school, and has always enjoyed Cartwright as a whole. And so do you have any reaction to that, Dr. Lawler? Or Oh, that's so great to hear. I loved hearing her voice and sharing all she had to do is bring in her vaccine cards, I believe. And I'm so thankful that our families are feeling that comfortable. And yes, I shout out to Tomahawk, an amazing community, a wonderful school. And um, welcome to Cartwright. Yeah. Um, now, I remember before the, we uh, started this podcast, you had a personal kindergarten story that you wanted to bring up. So if you want to do that, go ahead. 
Yeah, thank you, Brock. Uh, I think it's important um, to know I lead from the experiences that that I had growing up, and I had um, many wonderful experiences that you know I want to make sure you know everyone has those as well. But um, I do have some experiences that I want to make sure never ever happen again um, to anyone um, that comes to school. Um, unfortunately. Um, I had a I did not have a really great experience in kindergarten. I remember my first day um, very clearly, actually, um, scared to be walking into a school, um, kind of nervous, but also excited that, you know, what is this place that my older sister was going to? So I wanted to, you know, be part of that as well. And um, unfortunately, I was um, I did not have a very nice teacher. Um, from the very beginning, um, she was not very kind. She didn't smile, and um, I, I didn't think she liked me um, the whole year. And I just had a really um, bad taste in school. And so um, it is so important for me that the very first moment anybody walks into a classroom, into a school, into our community, that it is extremely positive. Um, I am so thankful that we have amazing teachers here. I've been into many kindergarten classrooms and I would have loved to have walked into a classroom like the ones that we have here in Cartwright. Um, our teachers are just um, amazing. And they, our kids come in, some of them know how to read, some of them don't. They come from all levels and they take them from where they are and they move them forward. And I've been talking to principals and teachers and parents actually uh, recently of kindergartners have said that they their kindergartens are reading and you know it's February and they're just amazed by it. So uh, I just want my families to know out there and that when when we make decisions here, it's all in what's best interest of our of our scholars and providing the best educational. Um, and opportunities and social emotional opportunities for our kids because we, we never want anyone to have that kind of experience that I had in kindergarten. So um, thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah, uh, and kind of just like a brief little sidebar still about kindergartners, but um, when I was making our promotional kindergarten video, I was in the classrooms consistently seeing how the teachers are, how our teachers are interacting with our kindergarten scholars and mm -hmm. whatnot and it's so interactive i mean they're doing they're standing up and going sitting down <laughs> and watching something on the screen and learning sounds and letters and numbers and yep. then they're coming it's magical exactly it's <laughs> it <laughs> no, is yeah. it's amazing i know and it's and and the teachers are so hands-on yeah. from what i've seen and, and so happy and so positive and so loving yeah they're so loving yeah ab absolutely 100 percent um, is there anything else that you want to talk about with kindergarten or should we move on to the next topic? Yeah, just, you know, if you, if you're hearing this podcast and you didn't have a chance to come out last night, please, um, come to, uh, the schools or call the district and we'll get you that information. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So in the other, the second half of this podcast, we kind of wanted to talk about, um, extracurricular activities and, maybe why they're important or why we think they're necessary, even for younger 
scholars and students um, to experience. So I don't know if you have any firsthand experience as your time as a teacher, principal, superintendent now? Yeah, even just even as a, as a young uh, student uh, growing up, a young girl, uh, my family was very involved in extracurricular activities. Um, growing up, uh, okay, I'm just going to say it, yes, I was a cheerleader. I was a cheerleader. And, um, you know, I, I did it in middle school and uh, through high school. And it was such an amazing opportunity um, for me. I also was in um, National Junior Honor Society and Honor Society. I was also in student council in middle school. And then I was um, in student council in high school. I was a class president. And um, it, was, it was something that I believe when I look back is what you think about is all those activities. And so, again having access to those opportunities are extremely important. And not just to me personally, but when I first became the superintendent, I had gone on listening tours at the schools and also with our parents. And uh, all the teachers at the school sites um, were so excited about making sure that we continue to provide extracurricular opportunities, um, um, activities, athletics, sports, um, but then the parents, in addition to that, brought to my attention that they really wanted their scholars to have a lot of extracurricular activities after school, but they also wanted field trips during the school day. Like they wanted um, their kids to be able to go on field trips, things that they can't necessarily do or take them. And so that sort of became a huge priority, and it still is. And of course, the pandemic put a huge stop on a lot of these things but like i said moving forward they're all coming back yeah um thankfully i was able to go to uh palm lane and interview uh david salerno about extracurriculars and kind of oh, his experience oh i love mr salerno <laughs> he's amazing a teacher a coach a mentor an inspiration in many ways yeah 100 percent. i mean i only have two sound bites but from my f about 15, 20 minute conversation with him, I got about a hundred. I mean, the amount of stories he has and firsthand experience about kind of the growth that he's seen from his kids and the kids that he's coached. I mean, it's he has some really cool stories and we'll get to hear two of them today, thankfully. So uh, here's his first one. This is kind of him talking about um, kids that he coached in 98 and 99 and how he still keeps in touch with them and they're still friends to this day so we can listen to that right now and the thing that i love the most about it that that, that even as an adult i mean as an older man now is those kids that i coached in 98 99 and 2000 they're still friends one of them had a baby last summer his, his wife had a baby and they invited the whole half the team to the baby shower and i was like i used to buy you guys you know, Kool-Aid after practice, and now I'm bringing food to a baby shower. And it's, it's amazing that they still keep these friendships. And I can almost go through my lifespan and say, look, oh, my 01 to 03 kids are doing this now. My 04 to 06 kids are doing this because they still keep in contact with me. And it's really neat to see them still having those bonds as they did on the court. 
Wow. Um, you know, I just I started to hear David's voice and I just couldn't stop smiling. And he brings up um, the most important point is that friendship and camaraderie and teamwork and um, just keeping in touch and just the pa- again, the passion that he brings to Cartwright School District. It's such a blessing. Um, you said you had another um, discussion with him. He gave you some more information. I'd yeah. love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this one, he kind of talks about a more uh, troubled individual that mm-hmm. he was working with um, that he coached. And he was a star athlete and things like that. I'm not going to go on. We're just going to listen okay, to it. Great. But it's, it's a great story. So I had a student a while, a few, I had a student in 2009. Man, this kid was a, so when I, when I work with, when I work with Castro, I was like, you know, teachers, if you have a trouble with the basketball student, send me an email and I'll talk to him after school. Well, this kid was getting me like five emails a day. And I was like, oh my gosh, like five emails. Like, man, what are we doing? I talked to him every day. Every time I would get there, I had to go pick him up in the principal's office because he was struggling. And I was talking about, dude, you're the greatest athlete around, but you gotta focus. And he had trouble focusing. Well, in 2015, he came and offered me his high school graduation. He said, coach, the ball saved me. If it wasn't for this ball and you showing me this ball, I wouldn't have graduated high school. And that's, that's if, we, if we would have taken it away from him for his bad behavior, said you can't play basketball on the basketball team at school, you're out of here, that kid would be on the streets. But since we kept giving him chances, kept punishing him a little bit, we're like, you got to sit out a quarter, you got to do sit out a half, you got to sit. But we still gave him a taste of it. And in the end, it led him to four years of high school. He was actually um, all state his second, his senior year. And he graduated high school. And that's huge because it gives him a better chance at life. And that's why if we didn't have extracurriculars, this little boy would have been on the streets causing trouble. I thank you, Mr. Solano. Thank you. I could not agree more. Um, We cannot take away uh, the things that our scholars thrive on. Um, It has to be part of helping them to be successful. And you put it um, absolutely perfectly in what you shared with us. Um, man, I, it just, it just, it, it, my heart just is, is just beating so fast with such, um, pride, um, for what you're doing. And, and, and you're one example, Mr. Solano of, of many of our teachers here in Cartwright and why we believe, um, in our scholars that when they mess up sometimes, which, you know, we all do, even as adults, that you know life is not about just consequences life is about learning from our consequences and what we can do better and and how we can make changes so that we can live our life in the best possible way and i can't thank you enough um, for sharing that story and i hope that our staff and our and our families that are listening and even the wider community to this podcast know that that's what we thrive to do and we have our goal which is you know our third goal governing board goal is social emotional learning is that's what that's that's what that is is understanding where our kids are coming from and helping them to believe in themselves because we believe in them so thank you for sharing that i just have smiles in in my face on my face and um i'm just really happy right now yeah i mean i I continued to speak with him after that, and he had more stories, not just those two. So 
Um, this doesn't seem to be just like a one and done sort of situation. He's been doing this for years and years and uh, just the dedication is very apparent there with him. Yes, he, he inspires me and, and many, many others. Yeah, absolutely. He was inspirational just to talk to. <laughs> um, uh, I, I also talked to a principal at Palm Lane, Scott and I. Um, and he talked about how he's seen uh, like pretty good developmental growth from a lot of the scholars that are in extracurriculars. So if we want to listen to that as well. We've seen a huge growth just socially and emotionally with students because these extracurriculars are allowing them time to really uh, tap into their creative side and tap into things that really interest them and then have additional time to kind of spend with their peers that again, different than how they typically interact at school. We've been seeing uh, also an increase, especially with our art students, of just the effort that they're putting in now to their art classes when they have art once a week. And our students who go to the STEM club are really talking about that college and career piece about, hey, you know, when I grow up, I might wanna work with robotics or how do I work with computers? And so it's been really cool to hear that sort of language and conversation and talking with kids. That's awesome. Thank you, Principal Nye. I love hearing these true stories about how extracurricular activities help our kids understand and even think about the choices that they have um, in life because they're never too young. I think I talked about that research uh, recently about, you know, if they don't start talking about college and career and their future by fourth grade, um, they may not ever get there. So giving them those experiences early on is is so so important and just so that our community knows and our staff knows extracurricular activities are extremely important just as important as our academic program yeah um i mean i i see a lot of this uh early exposure term get thrown around a lot and i i think it kind of holds truth and Mm -hmm. i think the evidence is there as well that when these young children are exposed to more even real world things like uh, I actually spoke with a a young male scholar who is in the robotics club and he talks about how oh he's learning how to use a 3d printer and this is a fourth grader and he's learning (laughs) how to use a 3d printer and code certain elements and then kind of use like machine Legos with coding and you know, it was kind of going over my head even. And <laughs> I'm talking to a little young boy there, but. <laughs> it's called critical thinking, Brock, and we have it going down starting in preschool. <laughs> yeah. I, we promote that critical <laughs> that, thinking that, and problem solving. We love it. Yeah, that's what it seems like. <laughs> um, so I actually asked him specifically why he thinks extracurriculars are important. Oh. And so we can listen to that now. So we can learn about different technology. We can learn about new stuff, and we can learn how to do stuff when we grow up. So a little brief one there, but... You know, it's interesting because um, he probably knows more than I do, and <laughs> probably more than a lot of our, um, our our parents and our teachers. These these young ones, they come in and they challenge us because they do know 21st century skills already when we get them. So we're always trying to be one step ahead of them, but 
the truth is when you put those robotic projects and coding in front of them, they figure it out before we do. And that's, that's really what we want, don't we? Don't we want more for our kids than we had? So that, that's exciting to hear. Yeah, and I think getting that hands-on experience yeah. with like the, the physical um, like tangible holding the things and seeing them and interacting with them is, is, is really, really important. And I just think it's so great that we're capable of giving that to them because there there's, it's difficult to say that for a lot of districts out in the world, but we're, we're able to do that here. And, uh, I talked to a, uh, young girl scholar, uh, who's in art club Mm -hmm. and, um, I asked her the same question. Why do you think extracurriculars are important? And this was her answer. Because different people can learn in different ways. And because all people are different and they express feelings different. I tell you, if that doesn't show you an example of how extremely bright our scholars are here in the Cartwright District and our families, I don't know what will. I mean, so insightful. Um, you know, we can say all the things that we want to say about what's best for our scholars, but to hear their voice, to hear where they're coming from, um, it just is the, what, what do they say, the icing on the cake? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think kind of to uh, stress the importance of extracurriculars even more, um, I asked both of them what they want to do when they grow up as well. Oh, awesome. And um, the boy answered, he wants to figure out how computers work and learn more things intimately. And I asked him, well, why, why, why is that? And he said, well, my teacher in the robotics club has really made me interested oh, in wow. this kind of stuff. And that kind of goes off of what Scott was talking about where um, he's seen growth from scholars and this early exposure allows them to think about the future and think about what they could do in the future and the things that they could accomplish. And I asked the girl the same question and she said, well, I just got a new paint set for home and she is obsessed with it. <laughs> and is So she's doing the art club after school, going home, painting even more. And she seems to not really be able to stop, which I think is a definitely a positive. Absolutely. <laughs> Anything that we can do to keep our kids excited and, and um, motivated. That's awesome. I bet you had a really good time talking to those two young scholars. Yeah. I mean, I mean, absolutely. Um, um, is there anything else that you think is important that maybe we haven't talked about yet when it comes to extracurriculars? Well, probably just kind of some of the other, um, you know, examples of the things that we do provide. You know, we do have our STEM clubs and our robotic clubs. Um, I know many of our schools have uh, chess clubs. Um, We have um, other types of activities that um, really for what they try to do, the principals and the teachers, is they try to survey the scholars at the school and ask them, you know, what is it that you're interested in? And then they will create a club or an extracurricular activity. It could be a game club. It could be a, um, a reading club. It could be a walking club, you know, just, you know, a health and fitness club. Um, you know, of course we have the traditional sports, you know, after school activity. Um, we have spirit lines. Uh, there are, um, 
like I said, many, many different um, avenues. You know, at our Glenow Down Social Science Academy, they have, you know, social sciences clubs. Uh, of course, you know, you talked about the art club. We have, um, you know, the strings and the band after school activities going on. Uh, we have debate clubs. And I mean, it just, the list really just goes on and on. And, and it, it just really stemmed from, um, you know, what is it that our scholars are interested in? And then our teachers and our principals, they create those opportunities. And so I think that's really where it's at, is that if you're a parent and you know that your young scholar has an interest in something, talk to your teachers, talk to the principal, and let's see if we can, you know, make that club or activity come to life. Yeah, I, I think that's really good advice. And um, kind of jumping off of that, I think we know that each scholar is their own individual and they all learn in different ways. And I think some of these extracurriculars, I mean, as uh, David was talking, um, it's, it's not just the idea of an extracurricular. It's the idea of having something to do after school that is important to them and that they can also grow from. Because, I mean, there's a lot of scholars, students, kids that s will e either struggle in the classroom or have a hard time learning certain material or just aren't the best classroom student, but they get on a basketball court or they get on a soccer field or they're in an art class or uh, they're coding on a computer and it's like they're hyper-focused on that one thing and they're just in their own world. And I'm, I think it's really good that we're able to provide that aspect of just like uh, activity to uh, our scholars specifically. So I think, I think that's really good. So I think what I'd like to say as we end this second podcast is that we're moving into our, um, you know, finishing our third quarter and moving into, um, you know, spring break coming up. And then we come back and then we're just really, and I'm going to use one of your words, hyper-focused on the state testing. Um, so that's something that I know many of our teachers and principals and um, even our, our, our scholars now are really going to be focused on when we come back. And what I'd like to say is that um, we're really proud of you. It's, it has been a, you know, I don't want to ever downplay the fact that it's been a very challenging year with the pandemic and January with the Omicron, um, but just the fact that our school district just all came together, our families, everyone has just been just incredible. And so I know state testing is coming and it's, it's an opportunity to see, you know, where are we? You know, let's do our best. Let's show, um, show our families and our teachers what we know. And then uh, we move on from there. Um, I expect that we're going to see a lot of growth with our scholars and again, you know, just really when we come back and our next podcast will be after um, spring break, you know, we can talk a little bit about how we can um, ensure that our families are ready, our students and scholars, excuse me, our scholars are ready for state testing and maybe even talk to some of our, 
our teachers and our principals and, and really get down to what, how do we prepare our scholars for state testing and uh, what do those tests really mean and, and why are they important and, and what do we learn from them as we, as a district, move forward? We talked about a extracurricular activities, um, but, you know, obviously our, our, our number one goal as well is academic achievement. Yeah, 100%. Um, on that note, I think this is a good time to end it. This is uh, episode two of Why Cartwright. We are coming out on the first of every month. So look out for us. We're on Anchor FM slash Why Cartwright and Spotify as well, Why Cartwright. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. Uh -huh.